Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 25th of the 5th. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney. Really good to be here with you with my colleague. Kyle Rodder and another positive day on the markets despite, again, the very, very nervous and skittish lead from Wall Street. Nervous and skittish lead. I think there was a few nerves getting a hold of us toward the end of this session mm. um, because at one point you know, things were looking way more positive. But I'm not going to take anything away from it. My colleague, Scuddy, uh, always says that I try to be the optimist. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad day at all. We're up for the week. It's just that we did see some of that trimming um, right when the close was happening here in Australia. And if you look across the day, I mean, look no further than the materials space really doing its part for the overall market. I think it's the fourth session in a row that we've seen um, the metals and the miners, you know, that sector lifting. Australian financials were on track for their best day in more than a week. Mm. So the big four up between, you know, percent and 2% round about there in terms of CBA. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got those big market heavyweights, as you know very well, you know, it usually spells pretty good things overall. Yeah, the ASX 200 continues to look like the harbour in the storm. And, you know, fortunately for, for local investors, you know, it's a great time to go overweight Aussie stocks, it would seem. Clearly some dour points in the market. The tech space is absolutely getting wrecked still and snaps results. And the NASDAQ lead obviously didn't do much for that. I think we're still seeing a lot of weakness across you know, our little tech sector. Um, but, you know, if you're allocated to some of those big names, which most of our clients probably would be, uh, sorry, most of our uh, audience, clients? most Whoa. of our, yeah, sorry, I'm running a side <laughs> hustle here. Um, no, most of our audience probably we'll would brace be. Brace for a call from Kyle soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably ASIC. Um, but no, it's, it's obviously very, very positive. But what was interesting too, and we had a chat with Mark Gardner from Macro to end the day about this is while we saw a lot of strength in the big miners in, um, you know, some of the, the gold miners as well. Gold miners did really well today. Some of those materials companies on the periphery did not do very well. I'm looking at Alchem, looking at you, down by six-tenths of a percent. Iluca, nickel mines, um, palladium, chalice mines. Linus was off by 2.2%. So there were definite, you know, little nuances to what was going on here today. It wasn't risk. I just don't think we would call it I don't think we'll call anything real risk on while there's so much macro out there that we've got to be cognizant of. Yeah. And, you know, volatility indexes, whether it's in the United States or Australia, are still very high. And I think, you know, one thing that I guess keeps saying is that it's a search for quality companies and you tend to find that in the large cap space. So, you know, again, on the headline level, that looks very good for, for the ASX 200. But when you are looking at, say, the more growth sensitive names or those proxies for uh, uh, economic activity, yeah, maybe not quite the same level of positivity. So we had a chat with Matt Sherwood today from Perpetual. I enjoyed it, but also because 
you know, we speak with him every couple of weeks, and so we got an update on his thinking last time. So last time I spoke with Matt, he said we're approaching stage two of a three-stage downtrend. And the first stage of that was, um, you know, real valuation downgrades that would come then, second in the second, you know, route being falling earnings expectations. And lastly, the impact of quantitative tightening. Well, today he updated his view. He said we're now in stage two. So the valuation decline is now complete. Now we're going to be hearing from corporates about the impact on earnings. I'm still waiting for that real impact coming from quantitative tightening. So he's still remaining very defensive. I'm not going to give it all away because you can listen to the interview via the show notes. And you'd rather listen to him say it than me. But uh, the final question he gives just his cheat sheet, essentially, um, for where perpetual, where he's comfortable being overweight, underweight, invested, not invested. Hmm. Um, otherwise, today, uh, we had a lot of good conversations. I do note that you wrote a view in our mm. newsletter. A little corner of our newsletter, you could say, is Kyle's. He's been <laughs> writing views this week. Well done, by the way. I've enjoyed reading them, and I Thank feel like you. I get to know you better as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, you referenced a chat that I also found very interesting today. I sort of hadn't given it a thought mm. since we walked off air. But thinking about influence as to where our money goes. Very, very worthwhile thinking about it on the day that we also saw Hester saying that it would likely vote against the demerger of AGL. Yeah, and um, I'm sure all of our listeners there are subscribers to the newsletter, so I won't give away the core of obviously what I was discussing in um, in the newsletter, but it's a dour day obviously in, in global news. Um, but the point is, is just being discerning as to where your actual money goes. You know, passive investing such a popular thing. We're very big fans of, of ETFs obviously, and they're great. They're a great product. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess talking about today how. Um, uh, Lockheed Martin was considered an ESG stock up until quite recently. Well, it was in included in, in the ETF securities, ACDC, mm. um, so battery technology. And when people, I think, think of battery technology, they're thinking about clean. Clean energy, right? right? Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, you know, you, you, you do sort of have sympathy for the people who have to put these funds together. It's very complex. Um, anyone who does a, a first-year philosophy class like I sat through once or twice knows that, um, you know, questions of morality are really, really hard. But... You know, uh, my, my view today was in the context of what we saw in terms of the, the horrible shooting in the United States um, and talking about how a lot of the index funds that you might track and buy in the products inadvertently would have money um, going into, say, in the Russell 2000 uh, companies that sell guns, profit from, from um, uh, um, uh, ammunition and things like that. And would you really want to put your money there? Um, well, personally, probably not. So it's just a just a little bit of a highlight of the complexity of it of, of investing, and then also the kind of caution that you have to take when you know popping your money in these sort of passive passive vehicles. Look under the hood. You have to know what you're investing in. ESG to one is not ESG to the other. Mm. Um, we talk about it a lot on the channel because there is this huge push toward decarbonization, and because a lot of we know you are interested in putting your money. Uh, where your belief system is, but again, it's just, it's complex. And oftentimes we're not fully aware of who's doing what, where, when, how, and why. So yeah, you can check that interview out with Kanish Chug from ETF Securities. It's up online. Just if you want, you can just search ETF if you don't feel like navigating your way around the whole site. There's a handy little search function up in the top right that I use all the time. Um, well, look, you had a good chat with Chris Conway on the trade, didn't you? I did, I did. And um, we got a chance to sort of peek over the fence a little bit. I always like it when um, 
our guests tell us what their clients are asking about because I don't know it always appeals to that kind of voyeuristic element in you what's what's everyone else doing I remember being uh, at my last job and that was you know very much the, the the conversation that would occur but you know he pointed out just some interesting levels first and foremost in the ASX 200 and I think we all know at the moment the index is battling with that sort of 7200 level but you know gave a really interesting view on Coles all chem as you were or, or talking about before and also AML payments some really interesting setups there so I certainly advise anyone um, who's who's listening go and go and listen to that because there's uh, a few gems oh well we'll do only I already listened to it, but that's just because I'm I listen to Ozbiz all day. Anywho, like um, we did have some data released today. It was construction data, and actually surprised in so far as it was negative. Right, um, mm. we're expecting to see a bit of an expansion of construction activity. Now, a lot of it has been put put down to weather. Um, you know, being put down to COVID, being put down to supply constraints. Like anecdotally, I've had a conversation with a number of builders lately who've just said, unless you want to. Sp- pay a whole heap more money than you have to uh, unless you want massive delays etc etc just wait like don't do anything right now in terms of building so that's interesting though because it feeds into the gdp read of course um so we're getting more gdp partials tomorrow in the term uh, in the form of capex so um you know private spending so that'll be interesting to see how that forms the picture of what's happening here locally which then obviously is taken on board by the RBA. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, it's a really kind of good point too. I mean, you know, sometimes we forget about the self-regulating nature of some markets anyway, but, um, you know, that higher prices, the solution for higher prices is higher prices. You know, effectively, mm. if you do speak to a lot of businesses in the moment, it's just not viable to, to be, you know, building building a home, building a lot of things at the moment. Um, so you sort of just wait, demand will drop and maybe, you know, prices will normalise eventually and we'll get back to a sort of more a stable equilibrium. Um, but certainly at the moment, that construction activity data certainly reeked of... Uh, higher input costs yeah but um westpac points out that the sizable pipeline of work that is still on the books is very supportive of the level of construction work in the coming quarters but again flagging there could be further major disruptions so you know everybody's live to the fact that supply chain issues will be resolved but we don't know how or exactly when and that is what is creating a lot of the uncertainty you know demand is high and uh, supply is in short well, in short, short supply, supply. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talk for a living. Yeah, no, but um, so it's all really interesting, these dynamics. Um, look, as far as what we're expecting in the U.S. tonight, durable goods, but it will be the FOMC minutes. What, what will we be sort of doing control F to find out, Kyle? Uh, you know what? I, I kind of feel like a lot of this, um, a lot of what we're actually going to receive is going to be fairly out of date. And I think, you know, we were talking about it with Mark Gardner um, in the, into the close today about, you know, how he's reading analyst reports as to how the macro environment, environment should, should unfold. You know, a week ago, everyone was talking about the Fed, you know, hiking to breaking to something, breaking something. Um, but, you know, come, come this week and the markets are responding to this. We've got some slightly more dovish commentary you know, Bullard talking about rate cuts in 23, 24, despite saying that they'll hike to, say, 3.5% by the end of the year. Um, you know, folks like Kashkar, uh, no, not Kashkari, it was Bostic as well, mm-hmm. suggesting that, you know, maybe a more moderate path forward would be uh, more appropriate. And you can see that in the in the rates markets pricing. So um, next next two meetings look baked in for 50, 50 basis points of hikes, but the September meeting has gone from a, you know, a 50 to a 25 on the balance of probabilities. So for me, it's going to be less about the document, just see how the markets actually respond to it. Um, um, and to see whether, you know, we are getting this attitude coming through now where, you know, we've hit peak peak fear as it relates to, to Fed hawkishness. I'm already looking forward to tomorrow. So at 9.45, I'll get to speak with Sam Ruiz from T. Rowe Price. Uh, great, um, 
just such good insights into uh, global equity. So I'm looking forward to that, especially because we don't know what's going to happen on U.S. markets tonight. You know, a number of guests are saying it just feels like every day is a bit of a crapshoot, yeah. um, really, as to what we'll see come through. Yeah, you can look at futures through the day, but you know, what can that really concretely tell you about what's to come? Um, so we'll do that at 9.45 and then we'll speak with Alistair McLeod from Wheelhouse Partner, find out where he is finding a bit of alpha in this environment. Um, later on, I'll talk to Rudy Philippek van Dyke, always interesting for some broker moves, and James White from Lessup Investment Management. He always brings, he always brings ideas to the table that we're not already talking about. And that's what I love, um, especially in this environment. You know, you can talk growth versus value. Talk those names that are really beaten up. Where do you put your money? Like all those conversations that we love. But sometimes somebody brings something, even from the global picture, that you think, I just haven't thought of that before. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to see what comes out of that and all of our guests throughout the day, mm -hmm. of course, tomorrow as well. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think um, we're going to get a bit of a fallout from that uh, that FOMC meeting. And, you know, um, at the moment, the markets are like a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get. Uh -huh. uh, we're watching the US dollar nudging a little higher, uh, keeping an eye on the Aussie as we head toward the European Open. As of the time of recording, of course, keep that in mind. I'm not quite sure when everybody listens. I'd love if you could tweet to me and tell me if this is something that you catch up with in the morning or if it's something you sort of listen to on the bus on the way home, I actually don't have a real great um, grasp of that. So any um, anybody want to tweet to me? I'm at Nadine Blaney on Twitter, and uh, check out Kyle Rada on Twitter as well. He's got some pretty good game going on right now. In a hot streak, <laughs> in a hot streak, a purple patch, you might call it. All right, um, Kyle, look, I'm going to go home mm. and uh, enjoy the evening um, and look forward to tomorrow. I can't wait. <laughs>